0: Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast Soapbox Edition. In this podcast, we take you behind the scenes in the Cold Fusion community. We'll talk to the leaders about what they're working on to push the language forward with tools, frameworks, modules, lessons learned, and best practices. Well, welcome back to another Modernizer Die Soapbox Edition podcast. Today I'm lucky enough to have Pete Freitag with me for episode four. So Pete, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Gavin. Yeah, always good to to have Pete. He's a good community member and uh, done a lot of great things. So let's do the the background. So uh obviously I've known you for a little while now, but when did you start working with Cold Fusion?
1: Uh, let's see, It had to be in maybe ninety eight, maybe, I think going back that far. Um it was Cold Fusion three. And um I started, you know, I was actually like a senior in high school or something like that, and um, I, I was starting to get interested in web development, and uh, so I went to a local web development company and uh, asked if they needed any help, so I kind of worked as like an unpaid intern uh, initially, and they were happy to have me and do that for stuff for free, uh, and what they were using was Cold Fusion, so that's kind of where I picked up Cold Fusion. Uh, from so it was, it was Cold Fusion three at the time and yeah I, I just really enjoyed working with it.
0: Um, cool. Yeah, yeah. I joined. I started back in four point five in in college and so yeah. I mean so obviously was that your first programming experience or did you do something before working with Cold Fusion?
1: So before I, I started with Cold Fusion, I was doing I was building websites, so I I knew HTML and stuff like that. Um, but as far as making them dynamic, uh, I was using Perl at the time. Oh, which gosh. Was not <laughs> fun. Um, no. so, so to me at that time, a database was a text file with, you know, piped-delimited fields for columns and, you know, new lines for each row. Uh, and so then I'd write the script to parse through this database, and, and it sort of worked, but then, you know, once I... Once I learned like what an actual database was, and like SQL and all that stuff, I was really like, wow, this is so much easier. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember Perl yeah. scripts. There's many a Perl script yeah. written, and yeah, it's like regex. It's like, yeah, it's really powerful if yeah. you f- remember how to use it and really get into it. But uh, cool. So I mean, the first time I really heard of uh, from you and, and your work was when Hack My CF was on my radar. So that was like the first thing there. So when did you release Hack My CF? Do you remember?
1: So Hack My CF, uh, I believe it was around 2010, maybe somewhere around there. Um, that came out. So I think before Hack My CF, I released Fuseguard, maybe in 2000. 2007, 2008, something like that. Um, And yeah, so I started Foundeo in 2006. Uh, And so let's see. Yeah, so Hack My CF was, was, was actually initially started as a way to just like, you know, I thought it would be cool, a cool way to get some exposure about like what problems you have on your server and then maybe that might lead to some consulting or something like that. But then I kind of quickly realized that like, oh, people actually find this super useful um, to know, you know, what patches are missing and what, what their server looks like, you know, kind of to the outside world. Um, So then I started, you know, building up as a product um, after that. So yeah, maybe it was like 2009 where I initially built it and then I decided I, I should make this into a project or a product around maybe like,
0: 2010 okay cool so so you started found you said in 2006 and so what yeah. why did you start that was it just a consulting company or so obviously you've got a security focus these days but how did it start yeah. and
1: um so yeah i i wanted to do i mean I, I like doing product development and um i started off doing mostly consulting and as i was building up products um and now i still do a mix of of both. Um, but, but yeah, I just, I wanted to be able to build products and services and stuff like that. And so having a company was kind of the necessary step Mm -hmm. in order to do all that. So yeah, Yeah. that was kind of why I started back then.
0: Okay, cool. So uh, obviously um you're you you got FuseGuard, God hack my CF but there's a lot of cool other tools out there that maybe people have heard of you l- lately with. So I uh, know there's a couple that I use all the time, CF Docs, which is uh you know uh, open source documents for all the engines, which is cool. And then Script.me is a cool product too. So when everyone some every time someone complains about, you know, tags or scripts or that big old battle like I don't do script. Or I don't do tags, and uh, I like script me. So you want to tell me a little more about those, and yeah. if there's any others that I'm, sure. I'm missing, because I know there's a couple other ones that you work with, Audis with as well. Like I think Profile Box, and so.
1: Um, so yeah. So, so yeah, I'll start with CF Docs. So that's been um, a been a really good community project with over 100 community members that have contributed to that on GitHub. Um, so I let's see, CF Docs, I started. Initially, um, back, I'm sure you remember Gavin, the like cool Fusion 7 macromedia live docs. Like, mm-hmm. remember that? Yeah. And you would like, you want to look up the docs for like the query or something like that. And you'd get, it would load these frames and it would take you about 10 <laughs> seconds to load the actual documentation page. Um, yeah. And so, like, initially, I, I started just because like the URL to it was like some random generated uh, integer, um, <laughs> for each different documentation page. So initially my thought was like, you know, I, I want to be able to just type cfdocs.org slash cfquery and have it take me to the correct page for cfquery. So I, that's kind of how I started it. And then, um, I think it was around like cold fusion nine, um, uh, Adobe released their docs as a, um, Creative Commons oh, license. Yep. Um, so i thought you know I, I could take all the documentation and get rid of all the junk because um, i think it was still loading in frames and or i don't know had a lot of like extra javascript and stuff on each page it was just kind of too slow for me to be like usable as a day-to-day reference so i um i kind of just like republished their docs as a um as just kind of just the html and and so and put it in front of a CDN as well. So, uh, or no, actually I didn't, yeah, at that point. Um, but then after that I realized, you know, it'd be nice to be able to make changes to documentation and um, there's always, the example always annoyed yeah. me that documentation and I felt like, you know, your example should be something you can you can run easily Copy and paste it and run it, um, but eventually, if, if you look at CF docs now, you can just click a button to run all the examples, which is really cool, that's thanks help. to um, Abrams' tried CF project. Um,
0: yep, Not so great
1: project. that's kind of how the project had evolved over the years, um, and then once once kind of I put it up on GitHub, that's when people started contributing to the documentation, uh, making fixes to it, and just improving it. So it's it's been a fun project to work on. pro
0: now, that one was an interesting one too because there's all sorts of battles after cf9 that when you would search for something you'd get the cf9 version instead of cf10 or 11 yeah. or 2016 and then they would go down and then they wouldn't be available and so yeah i mean i think you provided a faster interface you know more in-depth details and it was reliable and you could pick the version you could see which version stuff was running in and you know adobe sort of had the so that's why i like i like to be able to look it up and say oh that's right this version this is where this came in and 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 whatnot and like there's a script version so i don't have to worry about how to figure out how to write that in script anymore or or whatever so yeah that's yeah, pretty I cool think
1: having like the minimum version was something i really wanted to have as well as the engine support things like that which yeah. i know adobe wasn't ever gonna add you know what version of lucy supports this and at the same time lucy wasn't really worried about what version of adobe supports this so it was like we needed a community <laughs> project to kind of like get those two together and be able to look in one place and say oh this works in cold fusion 11 and lucy 5 or something like that and yep. um that wasn't really possible before that to do easily.
0: yeah no it's, it's a great project uh, i know i've submitted some stuff try to i usually try and submit examples at least uh, you know, anytime I use something I had to figure out wasn't there, I try and add it back, you know. And, yeah, it's a, like you said, over 100 people are contributing, and it's a, it's a great project. If you haven't checked it out, please do. And if you see something missing or something you don't think is right, you know, there's pull requests available or even just file an issue, and, you know, we can, as a community, look into it and try and get that updated. So, so yeah. But that's, like you said, just one of the projects. So what about ScriptMe? That was a, another one. That was more yeah. recent, right, a couple of years ago? Uh,
1: yes. Yeah. CFC. Me, um, or cfscript.me is the actual uh, address. And so, yeah, what that does is that you can take some tag-based code and paste it into basically like a two-pane, split-pane editor window, and you can paste on the left side. You paste in your um, some code that maybe you've got written for uh, in CFML using tag-based CFML, and then it will automatically convert on the other side of the window to the script-based version of it. So I, I I don't know, I thought, I think it's kind of useful to, to be able to do that quickly, especially if you've got an app, there's a couple different use cases, I think, for it. Like one is like, if you've got some code that you want to switch over to being, uh, some existing code that you want to switch over to being um, just script-based CFC or something like that, you can paste it in there and get a translation of it and then start, you know, working with it and making sure everything looks good. So it kind of works pretty good for that, but I think it's also good, a good learning tool too. If like, you're wondering like how do you do something in CF script and you're not sure, um, you can kind of just start typing and it will show you on the other side what it looks like. So yeah. um, I think it's kind of neat for
0: that. Perfect. Yeah, and a lot of examples around, especially if you find older code is all tag-based too. And so if you just got an example, you can look at it in script and just figure out, oh, that's what they're doing here. Okay, that's what I need to add it to mine. Or So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So, um, and that one's built on top of the, your passer that you were, were working on, right? So, you yep. got a passer built in there, too. And so, what else? I mean, you've got other tools you want to run over a quick list? <laughs> you probably don't have all day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I've built a lot of stuff over the years. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, I think you hit on what the biggest ones are at this point. But uh, yeah, here and there, I'm always contributing to. It of stuff or if i build something that's useful i'll put it up on github so you know you could probably check out my github.com slash monday they'll have a lot of stuff that i've put out there as open source and um but yeah i think you have the big ones
0: cool well uh into the box keynote this year in uh houston texas you released or well maybe you announced it so i that was the first time i heard of it but a new product you've been working on Called Fixinator. So, I think what we should do right now is we'll uh, insert the the clip from the keynote right here, and then after the clip, we can talk about it a little bit more.
1: All right, thank you, Senior Brad.
2: Uh, okay, so my company Fandeo has been building on Ordis tools for quite some time, uh, looking through. Uh, Luis's history there. Um, I think I was at the first into the box back in uh, Minneapolis and I've been to quite a few of them. I've been working with Command Box since probably one of the early betas. I know it was at least before version 1 came out. Um, So Foundator relies heavily on these Ordis tools. um, Heavy use of Test Box to ensure the products that I build are are working properly. Cold Box and the Docker images are all Going into the workflow every day, so um, I noticed some gaps, though, uh, in in some of the security tooling that's out there for CFML developers. So um, there wasn't any anyone keeping track of what known vulnerabilities are in third-party packages, for one. So, for example, like you might recall, several years ago, the like FCK editor had file upload vulnerabilities in it. There's all sorts of things like that that um, it's hard to know. There's no easy way to check your code for all these things. Um, so there wasn't any tools out there that could do this, and so I thought that was, this would be a good opportunity for my company since it's focused on security. So you should have ways to be able to check for vulnerable dependencies in CFML like you can in other languages. So, and there were some existing code security tools out there, like uh, Cold Fusion Builder's security analyzer, but they are very really difficult to work with, expensive. Almost impossible to put it into a continuous integration workflow, um, but very difficult nonetheless. And so driving all this is that unpatched vulnerabilities are really what um, leads to most security breaches. So it's something you need to um, pay attention to. So this is the new product that I've launched this year called Fixinator, uh, which is fully built on command box. Jump out of here real quick. Okay, I'm just going to bring up a command box here. So fixinator is a command box command that you would you would just run install fixinator. I have a, I've already done that on here. Um, so I'm just going to go to a. Okay, so this is a, a repository that um, I used for the training classes yesterday. I'm just going to go into a specific folder. Type here. All right. I'll just run fixnator against it. And what it's going to do is scanning that folder and it's coming up with vulnerabilities in there. This one has some SQL injection vulnerabilities. Um, so that's just kind of a basic idea. One of the cool features, though, is that you can do um, auto fix. Um, there's two modes there's a prompt mode, and then there's like a I'm feeling lucky mode where it just goes in and fixes it for you. Um, I usually go with the prompt mode, but so you can see here. In this case, this ID is an integer, so I can just go number two. Uh, in this case, yeah, we want number one here. And so let's see if I do. Let's see if that works. All right. So you can see here, this is the diff of what it just did. Replace that vulnerable line of code with a fixed line of code. Um, so, a couple other things that it can do um, is, I'll just open this up I've already generated a report here move this over. so you can make PDF reports, HTML reports, all that kind of stuff with it as well um, Brad had mentioned the audit command so if I just um, if I install something that I know has a vulnerability in it um now I can run audit against it and what that's doing is it's scanning the box.json file looking for vulnerabilities in it. so you can see here this particular version of framework one had a cross site scripting vulnerability in it so it was able to pick that up and um, and detect it as vulnerable so where this all gets really, really cool is once you integrate it into continuous integration.
1: I'm just going to show you a quick example of what that looks like. Okay. Uh, let's see here.
2: So there's guides for no matter what kind of source code repository you have going on um there's a there's a way to integrate this into continuous integration so every time you commit your code to your repository fixinator can be automatically run and scanning the results so these shows just show you how you can actually set it up and this is actually showing like in uh, azure devops it generates this nice report for you you know showing the and bringing you right to the vulnerable file um within the within the once the ci runs and your build triggers it will give you this We'll report.
1: Alright. Let me get back to keynote here. It can, yeah. Yep. There we go.
2: Okay. So, as I mentioned, it's a client built completely on top of command box. It can scan your code for security issues. And installing it is as simple as that. So if you wanna build tools like this, it's super easy to do with CommandBox. If you know CFML, that's all you need to know. You can start building really cool commands like this. So the decision to actually use CommandBox ended up being a huge strategic win for the product because it really helped me get it out to market much faster. Um, So another thing, uh, announcing here is community support for Fixnator. So, if you maintain an open source project and would like to use this on your open source project, let me know. I'll get you access to the product. Um, also, free scanning of box.json files. I'll give you a community key where you can run it on box.json files and it'll give you um, reports of vulnerable dependencies. So, and coming soon as well. Uh, Fixinator private pa- package scanning in Forgebox Pro and Forgebox Enterprise. All right, thank you.
0: Okay, so that was the, the keynote from Into the Box in Houston, Texas in May, 2019. Uh, so there you guys released Fixinator. So you wanna tell us a little bit more about what Fixinator is?
1: Sure, so uh, Fixinator is, is a tool that uh, you can use to scan your cold fusion code. Um, and, and get back an idea of what types of security issues that might be in it. So um, some of the more unique features of it, uh, in, in essence, it's a security scanner that will look at your code and find the issues. Um, it's not, there, There's other tools that can do that, but um, I think some of the focus areas are that um, I do a lot of cold fusion security consulting work, so I see a lot of different types of issues that end up causing security vulnerabilities. So I'm able to take kind of all that expertise, the real-world expertise, and, and, and my hope is try and bundle as much of that into the tool as I can uh, over time. Um, so it's, it's, some, it's a tool that's getting better, whereas I don't think you see a lot of improvement going on in, in other tools, uh, at least in the CFML space. I mean, obviously, as
0: a consultant, you're probably using this tool every day, right? This is what you use now to make your job easier, so... Yeah, uh, I mean...
1: That was... Yeah, I, I've been using it, actually, for a while, um, <laughs> before it was released, um, to, to do my job, so I would... I'd use this as, as a way to kind of um, look for issues within the, within the application, and then, and then I can you know vet it to make sure it actually is an issue or not, but Um, yeah, so it's something I've been using for a while, um, to do my day-to-day security work, uh, and to help, um, but beyond that, so like I said, so it's a CFML security scanner that has some of the, um, additional experience based into it that I get from doing my, uh, work. Um, another unique feature that it's able to look for known vulnerabilities in, uh, CFML library, so for example, like the one I typically use, for example, because uh, I think most people are aware of this one, is uh, because of the, a lot of people might have gotten hacked with it back in the ColdFusion 8 days, was the SDK editor um, file upload vulnerability, where they had something in the SDK editor code, um, like the, the uh, file upload component allowed basically anybody to upload files to your server, so you could upload a CFM file. Executed and things like that. Yeah,
0: I so, remember that one. <laughs>
1: um, so, yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's a number of those things that have occurred over the years. And so I've kept track of a lot of those things. And um, so, one of the things that the tool can do is, is look for um, these types of known vulnerable components in your, in your code. And so, I think that's a really uh, key differentiator in the tool. And it's also like a super important area in terms of security. Because if you look at the types of breaches that happen, I think um, some recent statistics say like around 60% of breaches are caused by non, uh, unpatched you know, vulnerabilities. So something you could have just patched, but you didn't. Um, and a lot of times those are like third-party components. Um, those tend to be very easy for the attacker to exploit because they just, you know, can fire away. At this known pattern, and when they get a hit back on a the server, they're like, "Oh, okay, this is this is vulnerable. I know exactly how to exploit it. I can go yeah. in and do exactly what I need to do." So, um, I think it's an important area as a developer to, to look at: is do we have vulnerable, known vulnerable components in our application, um, and trying to get rid of those um, as, as much as possible.
0: Okay. Um, so yeah. So think as I say, the next thing I mean that I thought was pretty cool is that you have the ability to fix it right in line.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of another unique feature that I don't think um, any other CFML security tools have. Is that you can just say, like, let's say there's an SQL injection vulnerability in your code. You can run Fixinator and say uh, auto fix equals prompts, and it will it will say, all right, do you want to fix this as an integer or a varchar or whatever the type of field is? And it will you can go through and um, you know, with kind of the push of a button, fix the security vulnerability in your code, so yeah that's like
0: pretty you cool. could
1: have ten vulnerabilities that could totally take down your server and you could fix them in like thirty seconds potentially so um I think that's kind of a cool unique feature as well
0: yeah that, that kind that, of blew me away. <laughs> I was like that is really cool <laughs> yeah,
1: and and that's an area that i'm I'm working on like it can be even better um than it is right now, but it's already pretty useful, especially if you've got a lot of vulnerabilities. If you've got like some sort of legacy app that, you know, is riddled with with, uh, security vulnerabilities that you kind of don't want to spend hours and hours and hours fixing, you might be able to go through it with a tool like this and and then go through and fix it. And what works really well too with this is if you've got it in version control already, and you run this fix with it, you could just look at the diff of, of, yeah. of all the changes that it's made and you could say, okay, well that, that looks good to me and, and you're good. Um, so it's pretty, it's really easy to, re- to review all the changes that it's made once you, you've got.
0: Yeah. You uh, I like that idea. And like I said, obviously Audis we're doing a lot of work with customers to try and help them, you know, modernize and, and update their, their older apps to, to newer apps. And a lot of times we, we run uh, our code checker, which is a tool that we've sort of built up on top of some other open source projects. And we've added our security rules and everything to it. And, you know, it, it identifies them and generates, you know, bug reports with line numbers and stuff and you can filter it, which is pretty cool, but this just goes a step further and gives you those extra tools. So, um, so yeah, so we're pretty excited about that. But, um, you also mentioned in the, in the keynote piece that, uh, a cool thing about this is built on command box. So we can run it from the CI too, right?
1: The, uh, fourth cool feature about it is that you can run it from within a continuous integration piece very easily. So, um, when you have uh, your your code set up under version control, it's not very difficult to take it a step further and then say and then set up continuous integration. So, just to kind of maybe backtrack a little bit, if people aren't sure what uh, CI is, um, basically it's it, you have some sort of trigger, like and, and typically that trigger is just that you've committed code to the source code repository, and And then that trigger causes some sort of script to run. Um, And typically that script um, could be something like, you know, it could be running tests or things like that. In the case of Fixnator, you have it run through and check your code for security vulnerabilities. Every time that you commit code, every time the code changes, it goes through and does all the security checks. Um, and then it can actually, if you want it to, you can fail the build at that point and, and so that you have to go back and fix the security issue before, you know, you're allowed to deploy. So some people might want to work that way. Others might just want to, you know, be able to see the results of it each time it runs. Um, but I think the important part about this is that, um, when you're using CI, it makes the security part of it automatic. So, um, you don't have to think about running it every single time. It just is going to happen automatically. Um, and, and you get those results.
0: So one question. So are there like different levels of the, the vulnerability? So you could say, you know what, uh, I want to fail if it's, you know, extreme or danger, but not if it's warning or you know info. Uh, do you have like different levels in your, um, vulnerability? So yes. cool. Yeah. So, uh,
1: there's a few different ways this could work. Um, one way would be, um, there's there's kind of two controls there. There's like confidence level and a um, severity level. So the okay. severity level is like, how severe is this vulnerability? Is it like is it like a remote code execution, which might be a high severity, or is it um, something a little less critical? Um, the other control is the confidence, level, um, and that control um, kind of changes how false positives uh, might show up within the, within the results. So if you've got a, um, let's see, a there's certain issues where when it's found in the code, you can't be like totally sure that it's a security vulnerability or not. So those types of issues will get a lower confidence level. And then um, by default, it runs at a high confidence level, so it's only going to give you report back of stuff that is pretty sure is a vulnerability. and um, so that's useful too, because a lot, with a lot of security tools, you're going to get a, a, lot of, um, issues coming
0: up. Okay. Well, it sounds like Fixinator sounds, uh, pretty awesome. Uh, it's a great product. And so we can they find out more about that and other products that you and Foundio have.
1: Uh, so yeah, if you go to fixinator. app, You can find out more about fixinator and then just foundio.com com, You'll get all the different products that, um, that my company makes and, and can sign up for them all from, from there.
0: So, yeah. Cool. Well, it sounds like, uh, you guys are doing great work of course. And, uh, we always love your workshops, your security workshops and everything else you do. So thanks again for everything you do for the community. And thanks for joining us here on the soapbox edition. All
1: right. Thank you, Gavin.
0: Bye. Have a good one. Thank you. Show notes for this episode can be found on soapbox.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, or your favorite podcast player, or a link to the YouTube channel for more of these videos. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.